music. We don't have anything else around here. I tell people, you come, you will love and enjoy the music, and you can just endure the preaching. <laughs> I'm not sure, but I think this is probably the first Sunday since we've been here that all five of our grandkids is here today. Uh, the older they get, the splatterder they become. Uh, but praise God, they are both all five are here today, and uh, I'm thankful that God has blessed us. If you have your Bibles, we invite you to turn with us to the Gospel of Luke, chapter three. While you're turning, I understand there was a terrible auto accident on Highway 11 last evening. Uh, teenage children, kids. Um, I understand, if I've got the names right, Autumn Jordan died in that wreck, and Jordan Tilson is in the hospital in serious trouble. So remember these families in your prayer. Luke 3, beginning with verse 2. Annas and Caiaphas, being the high priest, the word of God came unto John, the son of Zechariah in the wilderness. And he came into all the country about Jordan, preaching the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. As it is written, the book of the words of Isaiah, the prophet saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Bible says every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be brought low. And the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough ways shall be made smooth. And all flesh shall see the salvation of God. That means that no one will be left out. All flesh shall see the salvation of God. Then said he unto the multitude that came forth to be baptized. Now John is talking to this crowd that's coming out in the wilderness where he's baptized. The old generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bring forth therefore fruits worthy of repentance and begin not to say within yourselves we have Abraham to our father for I say unto you that God is able these stones to raise up children unto Abraham now also the axe is laid unto the root of the trees every tree therefore which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewed down and cast into the fire and the people ask him saying what shall we do then and this is what he said we need to be doing. And he answered and said unto them, He that hath two coats, let him impart one to the one that hath none. And he that hath no meat, let him give likewise. Then came the publicans to be baptized. And he said unto them, Master, what shall we do? And he said unto them, Exact no more than that which is appointed you. And then come the soldiers, likewise demanded of him, saying, And what shall we do? And he said unto them, Do violence to no man, neither accuse any, falsely, accuse any falsely, and be content with your wages. And the people were, and as the people were in expectation, and all men mused in the heart of John, whether he were the Christ or not. And John answered and said unto them all, I will baptize you with water, but I want you to listen, but one is coming who is much mightier than I am whose latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to untie. He, said, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand. And he will thoroughly purge your floor and will gather the wheat into the garner 
and the chaff he will, he will burn with fire unquenchable. And many other things in his exhortation preached he unto the people. Listen to this. But Herod, the tetrarch, being reproved by him for, Her- for Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, and for all the evils which Herod had done, added this, added yet above this above all, that he shut up John in prison. Brother Larry, would you lead us in prayer, please? Brother Larry Holbrook. Amen. You may be seated. You've heard me say it. I'll keep on saying it because we under, need to understand that Christianity is one generation away from being extinct. We've got our little... Little children right here that sang this morning. We've got babies in the nursery. We've got little children running around. We've got teenagers. We've got middle age. And then we've got us old folk. But we are generations following another generation. And it is sad when one generation does not tell the other generation about who Jesus is. Because if we don't tell somebody who, what's going to happen to this, it's going to soon phase out. And that's why we must be about the Father's business. We can't assume that they, people know the Lord. We've got to make another point to tell people about Jesus. We've got to do it either by our mouth or with a track or, or with a visit, a visit or with the life we live or in a song. We've got to do something. Now, Jesus already said, upon this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. But the devil is out to get us. Let me tell you something. There is nothing that's going to come overtake us that has not already happened to our Lord. And what did he do? Well, you know, many people talk about the the life that they are living and and what they try to do. and, And the devil just seems to get on them on and on and on. And listen... The Bible tells us that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And if anybody in this world is doing their job, the devil is. He's out to get us. He hates us. And the best we can do, it seems like we fall. It seems like we stumble. It seems like somebody is out to get us. It seems like somebody is trying to take us. But I'm so thankful uh, that the Lord said, vengeance is mine. I'll do the repaying. Now, when he's going to repay, I have no idea. In these days that came John the Baptist, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, here comes a man dressed in camel's hair and and wearing a leather belt and eating locusts and wild honey, and he's out there preaching and teaching the Word of God. And people of all walks of life were coming to be baptized. And he kept asking, well, what are you coming for? You see, we need to know why we're coming. You need to ask yourself this, but why am I here? Am I here because I was made to come? Am I here because I'm a member? Am I here because it makes me look good next week? Or am I here to worship and praise the Lord? You may hear this again. It's time we quit whining and went to worshiping, okay? Hey, I don't care where we go, what we do, somebody is going to be out to get us. It don't always come the way we want it to come. I wish things were better. I wish I wasn't half sick, okay? (laughs) This surgery in my mouth, it didn't work. I got to go have it done again. I ain't looking forward to that. Supposed to have both knees worked on tomorrow. It's not a picnic. I'd rather be fishing. I'd just be doing anything than be caught up in all this stuff. 
It seems like the, the harder we try to live for the Lord, the more stuff comes our way uh, to hinder us. Uh, Brother Larry, when he first spotted me this morning, he said, you look rough. I said, I feel rough. And I do. But I'm hoping things are, you know, going to clear up. I'm hoping they're going to get better. But the word of the Lord came unto John, son of Zacharias and Elizabeth. Can you imagine being the mom and the daddy of the forerunner of Jesus? The word of the Lord came to him. Now, in these days, they were horrible days when John the Baptist showed up. Luke, the Gospel of Luke, he, uh, the historian uh, in his list of names draws the curtain on a time like ours that we experience today. In other words, that it don't make any difference what you believe. The world says it don't matter what you believe. Believe what you want to. It does make a difference what you believe. You need to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ because nothing else is going to get us there, y'all. Believe. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. That's what the book says. I didn't say it. The Bible said it. Now, when we think about this, as the curtain was, was drawn, <coughs> excuse me, and, and, John, and God was sending John to open this curtain up. When it was a time when it was not, not easy uh, to believe in a God who cared. Because listen, between Malachi and Matthew, 400 years. Hadn't heard a word from God. 400 years. Prophets had quit. God was still where he was. But see, people kept dropping and fading away from the truth. Hey, if you don't want to hear it, I won't do it, he said. So he backed out 400 years, and then the word of the Lord came through John the Baptist. These were horrible times spiritually in the lives of these people. Um, you know, 400 years is, uh, is, is a long time, almost uh, twice as long as, uh, as America's been a nation. They hadn't heard a word from God. Um, the voice of God was silent. It was horrible days religiously, too, because... People trying to live right. You had all these legalistic people, the, the, the Pharisees and, and uh, the Sadducees. And I heard the reason the Sadducees were Sadducees because they didn't believe in the resurrection. So they were Sadducees. They, they were people all against what was trying to take place, what was trying to go on. And they looked down at their, uh, through their proud noses at them. And you, you, you one of those followers? You know, it was easy then to bow out and say, no, I'm not one of the followers. Just like Peter said, I don't know who he is. Cursed and swore that he didn't know who Jesus was. And he'd walk with him. Where do we stand today? It was hard times spiritually. It was hard times religiously. I mean, uh, you know, it was also horrible times nationally uh, in these days that John the Baptist came uh, the, the, the Caesars, uh, there in Rome, they were taking everything they could take, and the poor people were becoming poorer. Is it any different now? Hey, but I thank God, I'm going to tell you something now. Many of you have been out of this country, and many of you have been places that you won't care to go back to. When I think of all the taxes, I look at my tax report, and I see all that the taxes go for, hey, 
They're high, yes, but I'm thankful. I mean, I could go right now to the little old road that led from where we stayed to where we preached first every morning. I mean, we'd buckle a seatbelt, but it didn't do any good. We needed a, a, a helmet. I mean, I mean, you tossed around all over the vehicle, just going down the road. And I'm thinking, man, the worst road in Oconee County is a good road. So, you know, it, it was horrible in those days. And people were taking advantage of, of one another. And, and is it, hey, why do we do that? I tell people, on your way up the ladder of success, you better be careful who you step on. Because on your way back down, you may meet them on their way up. So we must be cautious. We must be careful. Earn what you get. The woods is full of thieves. Everywhere you look, people's taking and stealing, wanting something that, that you've got. Uh, you know, it gripes me I get to go and have to lock up everything. And the thing about it is, not every key fits the same lock. And you've got to ramble through a pocket full of keys to get into what's yours. And then sometimes to get there and find out somebody's done beat you there and beat the lock off and taken what they wanted to take. Horrible times when John the Baptist came on the scene. People like Philip and, and Herod carelessly ruled the people with an iron fist. What they said went, and the people were afraid not to do it. I'll say this for the day in which we live. You stand on the word of God. God doesn't promise he won't leave us nor forsake us, and standing on his word is the best place to stand. Being his, in his house regularly to worship with him is the best place to be. Sharing his word is the best thing you can, can share. A Bible commentary uh, written by William Barclay says in the days that Jesus was a boy walking the roads that crucifixion w- was a normal thing. It was there every day up and down the roads people being crucified uh, for their sins. Well the evidence was in. All the reports was in and it just looked like that God did not care anymore. And then the Bible says and then came John. Isn't it amazing how God Fix it just at the right time to send a man by the name of John who would prepare the way for the one. As he said, hey, I'm not even worthy to untie his shoes, man. I baptize you with water, but he's coming to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So that we can stand against the wiles of the devil. Have you had any experience with the wiles of the devil lately? (laughs) My goodness. I tell you what it does. When I have the experience of the wiles of the devil, it lets me know I'm on the right side. For if he wasn't bothering me, I'd I'd be on his side. (coughs) The wiles of the devil. You see, he don't care. He hates you. He hates me. If you didn't have an easy time getting up this morning, an easy time getting ready, an easy time to get here, and things wasn't like you wanted, <coughs> it's because the devil, <coughs> he don't love you. He hates us. So the question is, what keeps Christianity going? What makes so many of our companies and business successful? You thought about it? I tell you what I believe about it. <coughs> I believe it's having good leaders, good employees, good employers, good people to work with. You can tell if a person's a company person or they just out for themselves. You know, hey, 
They'll get there and they, they got the time clock and they're they waiting for that thing to hit dead on eight before they punch it. They ain't coming in one minute early and they waiting there to punch out at five. They ain't going to stay one minute later. I am so thankful that I was born in the household I was born in. I am so thankful I was raised like I was raised. That you get your hind end out of bed and you get to the job and you give it all you got and you stay as long as it takes to get it done. And if it takes longer than what you're getting paid for, stay anyhow. There's something out there. Paul said, I run for a rate, for a prize that, that's out there somewhere. In other words, we need to give it all we've got. Now listen, I'm not going to be ugly, I'm not going to be hard, but listen, some of you that teach Sunday school, are you on time? Are you on time every time? If you can't be here, call somebody ahead. It was a, it was a shame this morning, somebody was looking for a teacher for a certain age, and they said, well, it's right down here. So they went down to the class, and they said, nobody's in there. Hello? If you're teaching a class, be here, be here on time and stay as long as it takes and then don't shoot out the side door and go home. What does that say to your class? Oh, you come to listen to me. I'm big dog. You know, you can go home afterwards. You know, ain't no sense in it. Our church, listen, our church is not going to be any stronger than our leadership. And it ain't going to be no stronger than the members that represent it out there. i tell you a true story. Lynn and I, before we got married, we were in church and we were faithful, okay? After we got married, we still were in church and we were still faithful. I had a little old garage where I sold, it was a little country store where I sold groceries and I serviced automobiles, I fixed flat tires, I did all kind of mechanical work, brakes, whatever, and sold gasoline. Didn't have it just regular and super. And that's in the days where you went out there and you said, good evening or good morning, how you doing, fine, how much, so much. And you picked up the nozzle and cranked the handle and you stuck it in there and filled it up or, or put it in there. You raised the hood, you checked the oil, the belts, the battery, free. Okay. I had worked on this lady's car all Saturday afternoon. Got it, finally got it going. She come, picked it up and left. Lynn and I were supposed to go as soon as I got closed on Saturday to meet my mother and daddy in the mountains where we were camping. They had given land the directions, and so here we go. As soon as we closed up, we took off for the mountains looking for this campground. We never found it. I drove till I couldn't hold my eyeballs open. I said, you're going to have to drive. I mean, you know, so she gets on the wheel, and she starts driving. And after a while, she woke me up. She said, I don't know which way to go. I looked at signs. I said, go that way. I went back to sleep. She drove, literally, we drove all night long. Finally, she saw a sign that said Atlanta, Georgia. She said, I know if I can get to Atlanta, I can get home on Interstate 85. We pulled in the yard about 730, and I told her. Now, listen, this is true. It's before I was called to preach. I said, pull the car around behind the house so nobody won't know we're here. Listen now, taking you somewhere, pulled the car around beside the house, went in the house, and went to bed. I mean, dead to the world. About 9.30 at 10 o'clock. Supposed to be in sun school, okay? Telephone rings. Hello? Kenny. I said, yes, ma'am. You remember working on my car yesterday? Yes, ma'am. 
Well, I just wanted to tell you there's still something wrong with it. I said, she said, can, can, is there any way you can look at it t- today? I said, listen, now here's where I messed up. <laughs> Words. I said, well, ma'am, we have been out all night long. And we've just got in. She was not a church person. She was not a believer as far as I know. And here I am, supposed to be a believer, supposed to be in church, supposed to be the example setter, and I've been out all night long. We've got to be cautious. We've got to be careful. The devil will take stuff and twist it and turn it around to where it will discard who you are. Are you a company person? Are you in it for yourself? Are you a born-again believer and you're going to do all it takes to make this outfit what it needs to be for the glory of God? Are you just going to come when you feel like it? Are you just going to come and do your thing and go home? Okay, you need to decide where you are this morning. So what keeps Christianity going? First of all, there's the invasion of the Holy Spirit of God. Holy Spirit of God is the third person. He's not an it. He's not an afterthought. He was in the, in the presence of God the Father when God said, let us make man. I believe that God was talking to his son Jesus. I believe he was talking to the Holy Spirit because when he formed man out of the dust of the ground, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. And when we got saved, when we invite Jesus into our heart, he comes in in the form of the Holy Spirit of God. Have you been invaded by the Spirit? Listen, I'll tell you, nothing is worth doing anything for if God's not in it. I don't care what it is. If he's not in it, then we ain't got no business doing it. And if we're going to do it, he needs to be in it, right? And so it's important that we allow the Holy Spirit to invade our life. I praise God for the choir this morning. Didn't they sound great? Give God a hand right now. Just do it. Amen. Praise God. I mean, hey, I just looked up how full it was and how, how good and solid she sounded. That's effort. It just didn't happen. The invasion of the Holy Spirit. If, he, if we don't allow, allow him to invade our hearts, then he's not going to invade this service, okay? And if he doesn't invade this service, it's just another preaching, teaching, and go to the house and forget it all. We need to allow the Holy Spirit of God to invade our life. Can you imagine the Holy Spirit of God speaking to uh, Zechariah, you remember? He said, ain't no way, man, you could crazy. He can't have no baby at this age. And what happened? He lost his voice for nine months. Some of you ladies probably saying, praise the Lord. I'm tired of hearing it. But he did. He lost his voice for nine months. You know, I say to some of you sometimes, why don't you get in the choir? Oh, I can't sing. You said, I can't sing. You said, good morning. Evidently, you've got some kind of voice. You got some kind of vibrations going on down there that lets you speak out. I know everybody can't be in the choir, but there are some of you who not who could be. Have you allowed the Holy Spirit of God to invade your life? All right, let's go a second point here, okay? Let's go a second a step. As he invades our life and, and calls us to accept Christ as our Savior, what about allowing him to invade your life to give you a special assignment? Now, that's different. 
That's different from being saved, okay? You can be saved, hey, come to church, give, sing, witness, go home, whatever. And you're going to make it. But what if he called you to do a specific job? Maybe within this church family. Maybe outside this church family. Oh, I can't do that, Lord. I just think, oh, I can't do Don't turn down the Holy Spirit of God. The Bible says, don't quench the Spirit of God. Quenching means, hey, stopping the flow of the Holy Spirit of God. He's a real person. You believe this or not, I believe when I get there, when I get to heaven, I'm going to see God the Father. I'm going to see Jesus the Son. I'm going to see the Holy Spirit. Now, we don't see the Holy Spirit, right? Hey, I don't see him anywhere. But he, I feel his presence, okay? And he is living within every born-again child of God. Our bodies is the temple of the Holy Spirit of God. If we have allowed him to invade our life, okay? You know, I can think back when I was young and, and growing up, man, I want to do this and I want to do this. And, and I don't have to ask anybody. That's not all true, is it? When I was younger, I asked my daddy, okay? Now I'm older, I need to be asking God, is this the right thing to do? Is, is it? You know, I was, uh, I must have been about 17 years old, and I decided I wanted, my, I wanted me a motorcycle. Well, I really didn't have the money. I was working, but I didn't have enough money to buy what I wanted. So I thought, you know, maybe Daddy, yeah, Daddy, might, he might help you. Oh, put that thing off and go and ask him about that. He'd rode one all his life. So it wasn't going to be a new deal. Oh, Daddy. Yes, sir. What is it, son? I said, can I have a motorcycle? I was shocked. He said, you sure can, as long as you pay for it. <laughs> I said, will you go with me to, to look at it and help me pick it out? I said, he said, I will, but I'm not signing. Okay. We went, we picked it out, I put down a little money, went to the bank, got a loan, hey, $35 a month, wasn't bad at all back then, wasn't making but 25 a month driving a bus and $5 bagging groceries. <laughs> but I ask, I ask, you ask God, he may not be, oh sure, go ahead, it might be you're going to have to wait a little bit. Things aren't quite right right now. Oh, we don't like that, do we? Hey, but let us allow the Holy Spirit of God to invade our life. And when we do, things will be much better. Not only should we, what kind of, what kind of church we want it to be? What kind of life do we want things to be? What, what's, what's the next church going to be like? And what keeps Christianity going? Not only the invasion of the Holy Spirit. But secondly, the influence. The influence of holy people. You're influencing somebody. If you're, if you're a born-again child of God, you are influencing somebody. I watched Sandra sitting here on his front, doing those motions, just smiling that big, looking at her little children. And they was looking back at her. Some of them, yeah, they were doing the motion. Some of them was just looking around. Listen, they were up here. They were up here. They were being influenced by her. She's coached them into getting up here. 
Okay, you think she's going to fall out with any of those that didn't sing? No. She's not going to sit them down and say, you didn't do nothing. Uh-uh. She's not going to do that. Because she has been, her life has been invaded by the Holy Spirit of God. She knows what's ahead she, as far as leading these children. She's got a goal in mind to lead these children up to become a part of the youth choir, to become a part of the adult choir. Yeah, an influence. Mac has his hands on our youth. He is an influence for them. They come, they listen, they respond because of his influence. You know, and we, listen, every person in here, we're influencing somebody. Somebody. Somebody said, you can't go anywhere without somebody coming up and say, hey, how you doing? I'm sorry. That's just how it is. And, And I've got bold lately. You know, sometimes you don't want to be embarrassed, but... People say, you know who I am? I said, man, I know the face, but I can't put a, a name on Oh, I'm so-and-so, and I'm so-and-so's brother that works down at so-and-so's place over on the other side of so-and-so, and I'm trying to keep up with all that. Well, it's good to see you again. You go walking off and say, what did he say his name was? I'm glad I don't have to keep up with him. But are we influencing anybody for the glory of God? We've got to keep all this stuff in mind. You know something? Listen to me. It's always too early to quit. It's always too early to quit. Whatever you're involved in, you say, I'm quitting. I can't take it any longer. I'm quitting. You know, I'm satisfied that entered my mind as I've reached the age of 17 and was only in the 10th grade. Why don't I just quit? Man, my... Uh, the class I was supposed to graduate with is graduating this year. Here I am just in the 10th grade. What, what in the world am I doing here? And I'd, I'd tease people. I'd say they held me back to help this bunch coming behind me. <laughs> I was trying to do anything. It was embarrassing, okay? But that's all right. I made my mind of, hey, if I quit, what am I going to do? What am I going to do if I quit? Ah, hey, I hung in there. No, I wasn't applying myself at all I had. I had people who influenced me. I had good teachers that influenced me. I had fellow students that helped influence me and, and trying to help me and, and coach me along. And you know something? I, I was in the 12th grade before I ever made the honor roll in my whole life. 12th grade, made the honor roll, never missed a day of school. Well... I made it. Whatever good it done, I made it. I got a piece of paper that says I made it. And I always enjoyed on, uh, I believe it's called Educational Week or whatever. It may not be called that now. But I'd call the teachers that I can remember uh, and look them up in the book and call them. And say, when they answer the phone, I said, is this, this Miss So-and-so or is this Mr. So-and-so? Yes, it is. I said, this is Kenny Owen. I just want to call and thank you for putting up with me back under in school. They were influence. I'm going to tell you something. I never, ever was abused. Oh, I got tore up. And every time I got tore up, it was an influence. It influenced me. you doing the wrong thing. I never got one I didn't deserve. I never was accused when I was not guilty. <laughs> well... Allow the Holy Spirit to invade your life. Allow your life to be influenced by holy people. But I want to give you one more thing concerning what keeps Christianity going. 
It's the inspiration of heaven. It's the inspiration of heaven. Hey, what kept me going? I knew one day I'd walk across that stage and they'd hand me a piece of paper, call my name, say, hey, here's your diploma. And Matt can vouch for this. Fruitland wasn't the easiest place to go. You know, my first year, I drove back and forth from Pierstown all the way to Hendersonville, North Carolina every day. And then, thank goodness, I got to stay on campus for the next, next year uh, and work. But I was away from my family. That wasn't, that wasn't easy. It was hard. But it was a goal I had in mind. God had called me. Listen, I was 30 years old. Call me to teach and to preach his word. And I had a goal in mind. And that was to graduate and be something for God. Because I, my life had been invaded by the Holy Spirit. My life had been influenced by holy people. And I knew and I still know now somewhere out yonder is a place called heaven. And Jesus said, I've gone to prepare you a place. It's coming. Hey. We're going to have battles. There ain't a thing we can do about these battles. We may lose a few battles here and there. But listen, we've already won the war. Because we're on God's side. But you've got to understand that the devil is powerful. And he's got his angels located in different places to just to put a burr in your saddle. To put a briar. In your foot. It's amazing to me sometimes I feel something sticking me in my foot. And finally, I just have to sit down, take the boot off, take the sock off, and try to locate the thing that it turns out it's not even a 30 second long, but it was hindering a 160 pound piece of meat from moving. It's amazing. The devil pokes these little bitty needles in and stirs us up. And hey, he begins to cause us to begin to think. And listen, when he wants us to think right quick, you, you mark it down. You go back to when the Holy Spirit invaded your life. Go back to those people who were an influence in your life because you now are an influence. If your life's been invaded, then you are an influence. And then there's the inspiration of heaven because it's a real place. And we're going there. <clears throat> the word of the Lord, the Bible says, came to John. Thank God it did. He served his Lord. He served him well. But old Herod hated him. The Bible talks about at a drunken party because John had told Herod, son, you're doing wrong having sex with your brother-in-law's wife. You're doing wrong. At a drunken party Herod says to his sorry, low-down wife, you can have anything you want tonight. She said, I tell you what I want. I want the head of John the Baptist cut off and brought in on a platter. And that's what happened. They went to that jail cell where John the Baptist was. Drug him out. Put him in that guillotine. And had his head chopped off. Instant death. Can you imagine? Why in the world would a man do so much for so little 
for somebody, for a place he had never seen. I'll tell you why. Because of the invasion of the Holy Spirit. Because he was influenced by others. And he knew there was a place called heaven. And he wanted to go. So he fought to battle. As Paul said, I, I fought a good fight. I've run my course. I've finished my course. And I've kept the faith. How about you? Is it well with your soul? What makes a good church? Same thing. It makes a good company, a good business. Good employers and good employees. May we be all God wants us to be in this world in which we live. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for the privilege to share your word today. God, you're so good to us. Lord, I pray that you'd help me now. Lord, help me. I want to feel better. God, I want to be all you'd have me to be. And I can't, I, I can't do what I feel like I need to do because I don't feel good. And Lord, I pray that you just, just touch this body because it's yours. It's your business what you do with it. If you don't touch it, it's okay. Because I know it's already been invaded by the Holy Spirit of God. It's been influenced by holy people. And I know that somewhere out there, there's a place called heaven. And I pray that you'd help us to be so prepared and, and so invaded by the Spirit of God that we would not be ashamed to tell somebody about Jesus. Father, touch our people here this morning. Anybody needs to come to be saved, God, lead them this way today. Anybody needs to rededicate their life, send them this way. Anybody needs to move their membership or join our church, send them this way. Lord, may your will be done, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.